Welcome to Stronger Than Failure, where we provide you with in-depth interviews with entrepreneurs on their struggles, victories, goals, and how they got started. We also give you the best tips, hacks, and information on sales, network marketing, credit, and mindset mastery. Now, here's your host, entrepreneur and author, Danny Cole. What's up, Stronger Nation, and welcome back to another episode of Stronger Than Failure, your home for motivation, personal growth, and entrepreneurship. I am your host, Danny Cole. And as always, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being part of the family. We love you and we appreciate you. And if you like this show or any show that we have done, please make sure you tell everybody about it because everyone deserves to be part of the family because everyone is stronger than failure. And if you like this show or if you've missed a show in the past or you want to replay a show we've done, Go to StrongerThanFailure.com, click on Podcast, and boom, you've got the whole entire inventory right there to check out everything. All right, folks, you are in for a treat today. If you like entrepreneurship, if you like real estate, if you're, cur- if you're curious about the current market, should you buy, should you invest, should you sell, then you are going to love our show, and you're going to love our guest. Today, we have got Monica Johnston with us. Monica is within the top 5% of over 400 agents at Keller Williams Realty, Atlanta Partners. She has been a top producer for seven consecutive years. She was nominated Realtor of the Month within her first month at Keller Williams in July 2015. Monica was also selected to be one of the few Dave Ramsey endorsed local providers in the Atlanta area. And recently, Monica was featured at the Greater Atlanta Real Producers Magazine. She's a proud mother of three who loves spending time with her family, video blogging, and writing when she's not working. She also takes great, pre- great pleasure in being a mentor, leadership coach, resilience advocate, and motivational speaker. She's also CEO and founder of Dot Home Team. She's also fluent in English and Spanish. Monica, is there anything you don't do? I mean, wow. <laughs> I was going to say, that's a long bio. <laughs> it, it, it's amazing. So um, without further ado, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you, Danny. Thank you for the invitation. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm glad to have you on. I've known you for a while, and you've always amazed me. You've always done great things, so I'm glad that you'll finally be able to make it on the show. So first, here. tell our listeners a little bit about you, about who you are, a little bit about yourself. Well... Like you read on my bio, I do real estate. I have a small team in Stockbridge. I've been doing real estate for nine years now, and I'm also an investor. I I like uh, flipping houses, I should say. There you go. That's where the money's at. Yes, that's definitely a good business. And that's where you know, I got a lot of people asking me as far as, you know, what's the best way to make money? Um, and that's always when you get into homes, when you get into real estate, that's where the most millionaires are made and the... Now, do you think the buying, fixing, and flipping, or the rental market, or what do you think? Like, what's like the best? Which we'll go into it deeper, but what's like the best avenue to make money with? What do you think? It depends on how fast you want to see the turnaround. Um, the flipping is definitely a business. It flips fast. It's more like a ninety-day turnaround on your investment. Where on buying and holding, which is the rentals, that's more like a long term. That can be like a good retirement plan for the next 10, 15 years because it's it's low, but it's definitely wealth building. Good deal. And also, yeah, when you're doing the you know, the fixing and flips, you've got what a certain amount of time frame we got to reinvest that money or you got capital gains, correct? Absolutely, yes. 
So tell us a little more about like what's the time frame on that? Like how hard do you hit with that? Tell our listeners a little bit more on that aspect. Okay, so I would say if you want to flip, you definitely need a very good CPA and good attorneys. So the money you want to turn it around every 120 days. Okay. That is the best way to do it. Yeah, with the market right now, yeah, it's everyone's buying houses left and right, so it'd be pretty easy to turn that money around in 120 days. So, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Now, I know we're already jumping in here, but first, like, how did you get into real estate? Is this something that you always wanted to do? Is that something that you always like had a drive and passion for? How did you get into it? Not at all. I think that real estate is one of the careers that nobody wakes up and say, um, you know, I, I want to be a realtor. It's probably something that most professionals decide along the way as you learn a little bit more about wealth building and invest investments and stuff. So I, I just came across the real estate when the market crashed. So I started oh. in 2011. Gotcha. Now, so like, what were the steps or how did you come across it? Because I'm really curious about that. Uh, my family was or has always been investors. So they were buying cash properties and, you know, it, it was the conversation of the day. Gotcha. So that's so it, how I got involved. So it was already in your blood then, huh? And it looked so easy that I said, I can do this. <laughs> <laughs> now, was it just as easy when you first started out then because you already had the family already doing investing? Was it pretty easy to get into and get started for you? Not at all. I think that real estate is not as easy as it looks. It's, it's, uh, it's a business. And, and just like a business, you start from the bottom. Mm. So it was definitely not as easy as I thought. Yeah, that's what I hear a lot of people saying. And mm -hmm. different groups that I'm in, everyone's like, oh, I'm going to get into real estate. It's an easy job. You just go out and show a home and boom, <laughs> that's it. But no, you wind up putting a lot more hours than like a traditional job. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot more hours. You know, you get a return on investment, but there's a lot of stress, a lot of fallout deals, a lot of deals you're trying to piece together. And there's a lot of hours involved. Yeah, I think it doesn't get like laid back and relaxed until maybe years after and once you set up systems and a database and that you actually know what you're doing or realize or think that you know what you're doing. Now, so that's good that you said that. So I want to ask you, talking about the database and having the process, everything involved, if you could go back to your beginner self when you first got into real estate, what advice would you give yourself then that you do know now? I would say treat it like a business. Um, as far as having a schedule, having written goals, um, having a board of directors, and having you know great people to meet with and get advice from. There you go. And that's crucial. So many people with everything in life, not just real estate or a business, but they don't have goals in anything, whether it's their health, their relationships, or just anything. They don't have the goals, and they don't have the process or the habits in, in place. So... Yeah, you got to have a roadmap. You have to. If you don't know where you're going, then you're going to wind up anywhere. Exactly. You've got to know where you're going. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, like what, are, like, what are your goals around? Like, where are you at right now in business? And where do you see yourself in five years? I know, I guarantee you've already got those goals written out. Okay, so right now I'm still in retail and in the investment side. And I think in the next five years, I would like to step aside from retail and get more into leading and coaching. Okay, good And deal. the investment, of course. 
So right now, do you, so you're doing the, the motivational speaking and coaching now with realtors, or how is, what's going on there? It's called mentoring because it's not really a business for me. Okay. I just do it uh, because I love doing it. Because you got the knowledge for it. You already know how to do it and kind of... We got to share and yeah. give back to others. That's the thing is each one to each one. The more people that you help, the more fluent you become in it absolutely and god's always going to bless you in return the more you do for others you cannot outdo god god's going to give you more in return for that absolutely and it's a principle that i still follow like uh, i still meet with what keller williams call uh bigger and better mm -hmm. so keller williams always recommends that you meet with someone else that is bigger and better than you so, you know, I benefit from great people that are willing to sit down with me and give me 30 minutes of their time. So I think it's only fair that we all sit down with somebody else and help them however you can. That's it. Now, you said that as far as you'd go back and give yourself the advice on goal setting, knowing what you're going to do, where you're going, have the practices in place. Is that what the bigger and better did for you? Is that what they told you to implement? Or is that something you learned along the way? And what did they tell you? Absolutely. So... I believe that my business like exploded when I joined Keller Williams and it it's the principles and the people. So being around successful people, being around people that have a roadmap, being around people that are willing to sit down and share with you not only how to be successful, but also their failures. So that did or, or, or caused my business to literally double every year. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So it's been doubled every year? It has been, yeah. Monica, that's impressive. Way to go on that. I'm proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank <laughs> so you. in five years, you want to be out. You want to be doing more of the mentoring. Now, will you still think you'd be doing more on the investing side as well, kind of, I guess, on the side with the fix and flips or like the long-term rental properties? I think that the market kind of determines where it's best to put your money. So I'll just keep watching the market and see what is the best move. Uh, for example, right now may not be the best time to do flips because the cost of construction has gone up 40%. So it's, it's not the best time, to my opinion, to buy flips because you really cannot control the cost to flip them. Yeah, right now the lumber, as far as listeners, if y'all don't know, so I've had different projects and renovations going on, and the prices of lumber, I think, what, tripled? So, yeah, like when you're doing the fixes and flips right now, the money you've got going into it for, you know, all the renovations, yeah, it's going to go up in price a, quite a bit. So yeah, Absolutely. Think, so what it used to cost you 30, 35,000 can be 50 to 55, so... It, it may not be the best time right now. Yeah, that is into the profit that you thought about you was going to make. So, yeah, you might break even sometimes. Mm -hmm. Now, a question that uh, one of my best friends asked, he wanted me to ask you. He said, with the market right now, what's going on? Like um, a lot of FHA loans and different loans, they're delinquent kind of behind. A lot of with the forbearance and different things like that. So he's saying, you know, do you think 2021 is going to be the year to buy? Should you buy now? Should you wait to 2021? Do you see a market dropping down? Like, what do you see going on, Monica? Um, my opinion is that if the market changes in the next 12 months, it's going to be more like a flat market versus going down. It has been going up because of supply and demand. We only have worth like 
30 days of supply, which is historical. Like we used to have eight to nine months and that was already concerning. So right now we don't have enough inventory. So when you have low supply, the prices go up. So right now, I believe it's, it might hit some type of ceiling and then just stay there flat for a while. Okay. I mean, that sounds good to as far as everyone trying to sell their home. There's not a lot on the market. They should sell pretty quick, which is good. Right. And I think the question, it's a really good question because of all the things that are going on and we see like how many people are being affected in their jobs and stuff. But we have to keep in mind that the, you know, there's a saying that says that nobody goes through the same river twice because the second time it is not the same river and you're not the same person anymore. So I think the banks are now prepared a lot better than they were back in 2008. And I have seen since all of this started two foreclosures and they were both, they sold for market value. Oh, wow. So the market is in a position right now where the banks are able to maybe even make more money than they would have. Gotcha. So some of the people that are trying to wait till, you know, the market's going to crash, there's going to be foreclosures, and they can grab something for, you know, pennies on the dollar, but it's not going to be that way. No, I think if uh, if they want to wait, they're going to be waiting a little while. Yeah. Because right now it's, it's not... We're not seeing it, at least. Yeah, from the research I've done, I was wanting to ask you because you know well more than I do. But some of the research I've, the research I've done as well, yeah, the yeah, the inventory is lower, but the prices, yeah, they're not they've not dropped at all. They're not dropping; mm-hmm. they're increasing. Yeah, um, he. Funny you say that because um, the one I want to be asked the question to you, he said he's looking at some properties up in the mountains and he buy an investment property there, yeah, like a cabin. He said that they've done went up like forty thousand dollars in the past six months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's kind of. Tell you what the market's doing. It's not dropping down. It's not going to. Absolutely. I, I have seen the highest increase in in my whole career right now wow. in the last six months. All right. Well, with that being said, you know, there's a lot of people that's in real estate wanting to get in. And after hearing that, some more people probably will. So like, what's the one of the biggest reasons people fail in real estate? Inconsistency. Um, I think that just says it all. Lack of, of, of disciplines, personal disciplines, business disciplines, and, and having the consistency. You know, um, there is a great quote that says, uh, persistence will help you get it, but consistency will help you keep it. No, you're absolutely right. And, and consistency is key. If you want to be successful at anything in life, you have to be consistent. Because it's the ones that get up every single day that... You know, day in and day out, they do what they do, whether it's exercising. They get up every day and go to the gym five days a week. They're eating properly. Being consistent is what's going to get you there. Now, you can't eat right one day and think, oh, I'm going to be in the best <laughs> shape of my life. It doesn't work that way. You can't go out and close one deal. I'm like, all right, cool. I can retire now. I've made some money. No. Two-week vacation. <laughs> yeah, done. Hey, Dan, I had a question. I was thinking, I was listening to you guys talking about buying homes and is it the right time. And I was uh, listening to, you know, it's, it's election time and we got – you know, Democrats versus Republicans and everything going on. Is it going to affect the market any if, uh, so far as the taxes, you're going to be penalized when you buy or, I mean, or sell a home? Or you're, is it going to cut into what, the money that you make because they're going to tax it more if the Democrats wins or they're going to stick with the hmm. same taxation that is already in place right now when that's, uh, the Republicans are in there? So you, That's a pretty good question, Durham. What do you think, Monica? Do you think... The election, whoever goes into office, will change anything as far as like the taxes on real estate. I guess you know the flips 
or I know if you're making over an X amount of money, you know, 400 grand, then yeah, and those people doing really well in real estate are doing that. So they're going to be getting hit harder. But let's say you make less than 400 grand. Um, are, we, are we still going to be paying or are they still going to be paying more in taxes at that point? I think that we won't know until the next office starts. I mean, it's it's something that you really can't predict for yeah. sure. But if the taxes do change, it will definitely affect the way investors invest. But I think it goes back again to having good advisors on your board and just making sure that you are being advised because there is always a way to make it work. Yeah. I like that. So that shows where yeah, you're positive and there's always a solution to every problem, period. <laughs> yes. So yeah, there's always a way an always a way to make something work, period. All right. Now going back to what you said earlier, being consistent. Because consistency is going to create success. That's the biggest thing anyone's gotta do no matter what they're doing. So Sometimes it can be hard to be consistent. Sometimes we lose our focus, we get overwhelmed, and you know things like that happen. What do you do at that point? How do you get back focused? How do you get out of overwhelm? Do you like take a vacation? Do you take a day off? Like, what do you do to regain that? I would say um, definitely my my bigger and better meeting always comes into place anytime that I feel either overwhelmed or losing focus i i have a couple of people that i meet with regularly and by regularly i mean like two or three times a year they know my goals and they they also know my steps through my career so i feel like they always are able to help me refocus on what it is that i want to achieve and how to get back on track but definitely, you know, your your me time, you know, we always talk about that. That's very, very important. That's something that you should always have. No, absolutely. If, yeah, because if you can't, you know, if you're constantly, if you got to, like, if you look at yourself as a cup of water and you're constantly giving everybody a little bit, a little bit, a little bit of your time, a little bit of it, before you know it, you've got none left. You've got to refill your own cup. You've got to take time for yourself. Recharge your own batteries because then no matter what, you can help everybody else out and keep moving forward in the same direction, being consistent and being more successful. So, yeah. Yeah, you should always be on your schedule, for sure. Yeah. And again, that goes back to having the goals, being set to the goals. And another thing that you just said, which is huge, which a lot of people don't have, is somebody to hold them accountable. Mm -hmm. We meet up three, two, three, four times a year with these people or phone conversations. Having somebody hold you accountable to your goals, make sure that you are staying consistent is going to be one of the key factors to you achieving whatever it is you're out to achieve. Because if you're the only one that was about your goal and you want an off day, nine times out of ten, you're going to take it. It's when you commit to someone else saying, that, look, this is what I plan on doing. This is my goal. This is the time frame. They're going to hold you accountable. They're going to want to see you succeed because they know that you've got that desire to succeed. So now that's crucial. And like you said, having a mentor and you mentoring other people. So that holds them accountable. That's why people get coaches. Absolutely. Yeah, so no, I think that's great to do that because you've got a ton of knowledge. You can help a lot of people out. So I think that's great. Now I love to. Because of all that right there, because I, again, I love talking to you. You've got a wealth of knowledge. But what keeps you motivated with everything? Because you've got everything going on. What is your why, Monica? My children, for sure. My children. Um, I believe that they are the reason why I started my team and it wasn't because I wanted to grow my business. It was actually more because I wanted to be there for them more, and I didn't want to fail them. 
So they are my biggest why in my life. That's awesome. And I guess your why has got to be bigger than your how if you want to be Absolutely. successful. So yeah, if and you to answer family, your, your question of what keeps me motivated, it's keeping the end in mind. That always helps me get motivated. Like, why am I doing this? And where do I want to see myself in five years? And am I on track? And the good thing is I once um, heard uh, Jensen Franklin mm -hmm. say that you should always have determined where you want to be. That way, if in the middle you get tired and exhausted, even if you feel like quitting or changing directions, you'll remember that you are following a roadmap and that you do know where you're going and that if you keep doing what you're doing, you're going to get there. Yep, you're absolutely right. See, listeners, y'all got to pay attention to everything that Monica is talking about. She's dropping nuggets of wisdom <laughs> left and right. <laughs> yeah, because, again, you got to have the motivation. you got to know why you want what you want. You've got to have, like you said, you got to have that end in mind. And one thing I heard and always made sense to me is you've got to begin with the end in mind. You've got to know, you know, one, why you're starting, which is the end result. So if it's more time for the family, with the kids, then have them not have to worry about what a lot of people that struggle with. That's huge. So when it does get those rainy days and you're tired, you got to go showing at 10 o'clock at night, you know what's going to get you out of bed. You know what's going to keep you going out there to close that deal. Absolutely. Now, so you've been in real estate for 11 years? Uh, actually, I'm going to be 10 in 10. January. Okay, good deal. Well, congrats. That's coming up quick. Yeah. All right. I'm excited. My first decade. That is <laughs> awesome. <laughs> now, now, how long were you an agent before you started, I guess, your own brokerage, your own company, and having like a team beneath you? Four years. I would say about four years. About four years? Mm -hmm. Now, because I'm curious... Because, again, I'm new into real estate, so I want to get to that point. So how did you, like, what did you work to? How did you know that this is the point where you had to have a team? What got you there? And, like, and how did you really, how did you cultivate all that? Like, what was the process? Okay, so I would say you just got to know your business. And the best way that I can explain it is your business is like a baby. It'll ask you for what it needs. So you just have to watch it closely and listen to it because it'll come to a point where you alone is not enough and you need help. So if you follow the, the millionaire real estate book, it'll tell you like, what is your next hire? Every time you need help, it'll show you what is the next hire. So if you follow the model and you listen to your business, you'll know when it's time to okay. do each hire. But the first hire should always be an, an admin. All right. Now, so when you first hired an admin, when you first started hiring a team and getting everything put together, how many closings were you having a month? I think that there, there was a point when it was my admin and I only, and we were doing about 20 closings per month. I mean, it was crazy busy. Like, I Heck still yeah. don't know how we did that much volume. Goodness. That's a lot of me thinking about. It's only 30 day, roughly 30 days in a month. If you're closing 20 properties in a month, that's going to show on the property, listing in it, showing the listing. Good night, Monica. 
Yeah, there was no listings back there. Back then, it was all REOs, and they were all like thirty thousand dollar properties, and and it was such a crazy market that we would just show, you know, two or three and submit offers in all of them, and probably sell two of those. So it, it was. A crazy BC market. Crazy, but you were grinding like crazy. Wow. We definitely were working like all day. All right. So with that being said, now as far as so how did you market? Did you market differently than than the now? I'm sure you did because of the way things are. But to have you know 20 closing a month, that's incredible. I mean, well, what are you what are you closing now? I'm curious. Right now, it's a definitely a different market. We're doing more. Uh, 50-50 listings and and buyers, so we are listing between maybe four properties a month and also closing between four to six on the buyer side. So it's it's a different market right now for sure. Gotcha. Now, do you like the market a lot better now than when you first started? What when you started doing the twenty per month? I love real estate. I think that I enjoy where I am, but I also love when we close, you know, 20 a month. It, 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 real estate, I always say that it's for crazy people. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm definitely crazy enough to enjoy wherever we are. Like, I just jump on it and... Like, with a positive attitude, let's go get it done and make things happen. I'm yeah, right. just laugh about it. And it's like a crazy market. Yeah. Okay, well, we're crazy too. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to make it happen. We're going to be crazy absolutely. together. <laughs> absolutely. Yes. All yes. Right. Well, with that being said, so we learning and growing from it. Now, this is a question. So the show is Stronger Than Failure. What is one of the struggles that you faced? You know, whether it's whether it's business or something in personal life that, you know, that you, that you really struggled with. And what did you learn from that? Oof, what is the uh, struggle that I face? I think as far as the the team, it has been the hiring process. Mm-hmm. That has been a struggle, and I definitely recommend to anybody that wants to have a business, any type of business, to get help with the hiring. That has been a challenge for me. It's like, what's like, what what challenge have you encountered? First of all, learning who is the best person for the position. So we we studied the DISC and Keller Williams, which it talks about personalities. Mm-hmm. So part of what the DISC shows, for example, is that someone that it's a high D, which means that they have a high drive, is not necessarily great to be an admin because they, the admin needs to be a high C to be able to concentrate. So... Basically, it's just that knowing that who, what qualities the person that you need needs to have and, and how, to, how to assess the person. Gotcha. So. That makes sense. And yeah, everyone, everyone has issues with hiring people or finding good quality people to fill those positions, whether it's the admin or whether it's going to be, you know, agents going out there to do the showings and listings and things like that. You know, it's... It's not as easy. There's not always that right fit, that same energy that someone's got or the same motivation or drive that they have. So, yeah. I've talked to a lot of teams and they have, most of them share the same thing. It is the hiring process. What makes this team building the most challenging? Yeah. So I talked to, um, talked to a broker the other day when I was showing a house and he was, we talked about the same, the same exact thing. He's like, he's, you know, he's got a small team. I think he's got like 11 or 12 people. 
But he said, like, his biggest thing is finding the right people. Because mm-hmm. you got to kind of weed through because he said one of his biggest thing is make sure that they're on the same page, the same energy that they want the same goal. Because if you don't, you're going to be butting heads the entire way. You're not going to be on the same page, going the same direction. So, yeah, it's the whole hiring process and knowing what you're doing. Absolutely. So, do you get somebody giving you a hand with the hiring process? Or what did you learn and how to choose the right people? Well, I think I'm still learning. As <laughs> <laughs> we all are. Yeah, yeah. I'm, still, I'm still learning, but I think it, it's becoming more clear as time passes and you're able to identify personalities a lot sooner than I did before. But definitely self-education. You know, there is a lot of uh, books to read. There's a lot of great people that can give you advice. Um, also... And in Keller Williams, they, we have a couple of people that we can send our new hires to interview with. Mm-hmm. So then it's not you, but it's somebody else giving you their opinion and saying, no, like this is like a no or, you know, because at least me, I, I feel like I always want to see greatness in people. So yeah. I always find potential in, <laughs> in anything. <laughs> so it helps when you have somebody that says like, no. You and I are a lot of like that way. Cause no matter what, I would see the best in anybody. The potential, like ah, oh, they're rough over here, but you know what? <laughs> They've got a good personality, or they might have done this, but you know what? They can get past that. You know, they can correct their errors and move the right direction. But mm-hmm. it's not always it's not always that way, is it? <laughs> that's uh, for sure. Yeah, that's, that's something I've learned over time, and still honestly, I still struggle with because no matter what, I want to see the best in somebody. I want them to do better and achieve more and be successful in life and whatever success is. Mm-hmm. So it's difficult to, you know, not want to have somebody. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Definitely. Now, question. Um, as far as, like, investing, going back to a lot of our listeners talk about, you know, they want to know about the investing aspect and what they should do. Now, as far as, like, if they, get, if they want to do a fix and flip, right, how much money should they have for a down payment? Should they have money set aside for the rehab? Or is that something that can be, re- like, financed into the loan? What's a couple of steps right there? So the the best or the fastest way to get a loan right now, it's what we call hard money lenders. And there, there is private hard money lenders which are more flexible and they don't micromanage, which is great. So, and they will need around 20 to 30%. Once they build a relationship, a lot of them will do it for 15, 20%. But since it's a risk for them, as they come in, it needs to be at least 20 to 30%. And some of them are willing to finance the, the construction. Gotcha. Because I know a lot of you know, a lot of homes that are at a good price, somebody who's just getting to the business, you know, they do need to be rehabbed. They got to be, you know... Whether it's the AC unit, the flooring, of course, everything's going to need paint and everything Absolutely. like that. So, yeah. is there is there particular loans that they should ask for, or should they just get with a lender to begin with and ask them about the loans to that they might qualify for for like the rehab and stuff? Um, it depends on on which route or how prepared they are to go with this. Uh, working with a local bank and building an equity line, if if you have assets that you can use you can definitely, that'll be the best route to open an equity line with a local bank. And if that's not available right now, then definitely it's just a hard money lender and a private one will be better. Okay, good deal. All right, I know we're getting ready to wind down. So I want you to let everybody know as far as where you're at, how they can contact you, where they're looking to buy, sell, favorite investors looking to get with you because you know everything that there is. How can they get in touch with you, Monica? Uh, well, 
Amen Stockbridge, Keller Williams Stockbridge, you can literally Google that and, and find us there. But my number is 678-790-0516. And we're also on social media, Facebook, Instagram, um, WhatsApp. Everywhere. Everywhere, <laughs> yes. All right, so on the uh, Instagram and social media, they just look up Keller Williams Stockbridge or what are they? Uh, Monica up? Johnston. Monica Johnston. There, I just want to make sure everybody Monica knows. Monica Johnston. All right, folks, you heard it right there. You've got all these wisdom, all these nuggets of wisdom that drop in left and right. If you want to be successful, be consistent. If you want to achieve those goals, you've got to have a plan. You've got to know your outcome. You've got to have a way to get there. You've got to have people that's going to hold you accountable. So if you've got a plan, you've got drive, you've got your why, your motivation, and you get people to hold you accountable and you stay consistent, you will achieve whatever you set out to achieve. It's that simple. So, folks... There you go. If you're looking to invest, if you're looking to list, if you're looking to buy, get in touch with Monica Johnston. Again, she gave the information. You go to Facebook, Instagram, look her up. She is phenomenal. Thank right. you, Danny. Thank uh, you for having me. Uh, you're welcome. All right, folks. Thank you for tuning in. We love you. We appreciate you. And remember, you are stronger than failure. Stronger Than Failure, where we provide you with in-depth interviews with entrepreneurs on their struggles, victories, goals, and how they got started. We also give you the best tips, hacks, and information on sales, network marketing, credit, and mindset mastery. Entrepreneur and author, Danny Cole. Stronger Than Failure.